Hey there, this is Wamimo Elizabeth Onikon, host of my Lighthouse podcast. This podcast is for you if you have a heart for God and you seek a balanced life as a Christian. Not just doing great in church and struggling in other areas, or doing great in other areas and struggling in your walk with God. Each week, we'll be sharing insights and personal stories on diverse topics helping you feel empowered on your own journey and making the right choices, the kind that pleases God. Today I have a special guest, Mrs. Kikelomo Kukoni. Good to have you, Mrs. Kikelomo. Mrs. Kikelomo Kukoni is a lawyer and she's been in the banking industry for the last over 23 years, building her expertise around banking operations, financial control, customer lending, as well as, you know, that overall banking operations generally, if I'll put it that way. She's an alumnus of the Senior Management Program at the Lagos Business School, and she is also a honorary um, member of the Chartered Institute of Bankers of Nigeria. She's also an author which is one of the reasons why I was like, okay, come talk about some things in your book. She's an author of a novel called Unfolding Grace. And um, she's also written most recently her first nonfiction book called Your Money and You. So today we're going to be talking personal finance and we have Kikela Mokukuni. You're welcome to the show today. Good to have you, ma'am. So I would just like to get a bit of background about yourself and how you got into finance. You started off as a lawyer. On this podcast, we're big on decisions and helping people. It would be great to just know, how did you get on the finance path from your initial study as a lawyer? Well, I didn't plan to work in banking, actually. I, but I also did not plan to practice as a lawyer. My interests were in literature, you know, the arts, but my parents felt it was more, it, it was safer to have a professional course. That's why I studied law. So I actually had done two years of English, then I transferred and changed my course to law. So when I graduated, I had no plans of practicing, even though I did for like six months, just to while away time because I, I didn't want to stay at home doing nothing. So I did that for a few months. Then I got the banking job. It was, you know, it was that time when new banks were opening up, you know, not the old generation banks. They, they had a new set of young, upwardly mobile professionals working in banks. So I was lucky enough to get a job in one of those new banks. And once I started working in a bank, I enjoyed it so much. I just stayed on. <laughs> Wow, you enjoyed it. I mean, for me, it's like banking is a no-no, like anything. I think it was, so I grew up um, liking the arts and English and, you know, all of those other interesting things. And I didn't necessarily enjoy maths or things like that. So banking wasn't the place I wanted to be or ever thought I would see myself in banking. But it's interesting to know that some people find banking interesting. It is interesting. It's very interesting. And maths was never a problem for me. So, I mean, I I fit right in. (laughs) Wow. All right. Can we talk a bit about your book? So you wrote this book called Your Money and You. What really is that about? And what inspired you to write that? I wrote the book during the lockdown. The first reason I wrote the book was 
I just needed to put my thoughts down. I saw how things were going on economically, you know. For me personally, I wasn't earning any money and I was spending a lot, you know, sitting down at home, not going to the market, but, you know, ordering things here and there. I spent a lot of money. So I felt if I was going through this, other people must be going through. And then, you know, we heard of people losing their jobs, even those who didn't lose their jobs, as in they were not sad, but they were not paid salaries. I feel like a lot of people, maybe people like me and, and just many other people out there generally just need financial knowledge and, you know, just additional information to help us. Because I realized it's one thing to make money. It's another thing to know how to actually utilize that money and spend it. And then these days you have all manner of things that people say, oh, there's cryptocurrency, oh, there's uh, this one, oh, buy shares, oh, buy bonds, oh, buy, you know, can you just talk a bit around that? What's all the cryptocurrency and all the bonds and the shares and, you know, and, uh, what, what really is all of that? Okay, let me, a disclaimer, first of all, I'm not a financial expert like that. All I know is what I've learned, you know, in my years of banking and also managing my own resources. The common thing which cuts across everybody is that most of us have money passing through our hands. So what you do with what you have matters because you find that maybe you've earned 100,000 Naira and you spend 100,000 Naira. And because for salarians especially, because you know that at the end of the month, another 100,000 is coming your way you just keep spending, you know, because it's, it's like a false sense of comfort, you know, that oh, money will, I will always have a job, money will always come. And then if you don't pay attention to it, maybe years go and you don't have anything stored up. So, and it can happen very easily, you know, if you are not focused, if you are not paying attention to, to your resources. So that is it. So, the first critical thing to know is that you must live below your means. You must spend less than you earn. You must put money for the rainy day and for the future. You know, it's very critical. And then when you put money aside, that is your savings. And then you want to invest it so that your money can work for you. And then what you now invest it in also is very important because you can lose all that money in the twinkling of an eye. So when you talk cryptocurrency, a lot of people are making money. A lot of people have also lost money. So there is wisdom. Like I said in the book, the critical thing about investment is that you must understand what you're investing in. If it looks shady, if it's something not clear to you, if you can't see how you are going to get your money back, it's better not to invest because when it sounds too good to be true, it's usually too good to be true. So you want to be very careful what you invest in because there is risk also in investing. That's very true. You just said something profound, you know, about making sure that you're wise about your finances and watching what you spend and all of that. So how exactly do you suggest that we do that, especially from maybe some insight from your book, Your Money and You, how can we truly be wise in how we spend our money? From, from your expertise over the years? The usual myth, or not, let me not call it a mistake, the usual excuse that people give is that I'm not even earning enough to pay my bills. I'm just managing. How do you expect me to save 
when my salary is not enough or whether you're in business, maybe your earnings are not enough. I'm just, you know, struggling to make ends meet. How could you expect me to, to save? And I would say that saving is a necessity. It is compulsory. Even if you don't have enough, even out of the little money that you earn, you must put something aside. Even if it is to deprive yourself, like we used to joke that, okay, one, 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 that means three meals a day. Maybe you have to do one, zero, one to be able to save, you know? You just have to pinch yourself and put money aside because it's never going to be easy. If you're earning millions, it still pinches you to put some aside that you're, okay, I'm not spending this. So the starting point is to save, always save. And then second thing, which is next to it, spend less than you earn. Don't live above your means. It's not everything you must have now. There's something called delayed gratification. You must not have everything now, you know, even if you can afford it. Don't take everything. Don't spend everything. Because if you do that, then it's impossible to save. And you need to save so that you can invest. When you invest, your money will work for you. It will, your investments will grow. Right. So are there recommendations on like the best ways to invest? I'm not very, I mean, investment is something that we hear all the time you should do. That's something that I'm like very open to learning more about and just wanting to explore ways to make your money indeed work for you aside your regular nine to five or aside, you know, any other thing that you're doing. What's uh, some that you would suggest? Are there some investments that you do personally and then you can suggest to other people as well that, I mean, from your experiences from your, from your book as well? Well, I'm a very risk averse person. So maybe you don't want to follow my own um, <laughs> suggestions in total, but investments is a, is a factor of your risk appetite. What I do, which everybody should do basically is to have savings. You have a savings account where you put money on a regular basis. Now they say, keep three to six months of your monthly spending in a savings account as your rainy day fund. So you have that as your rainy day fund. Anything above that, you can now invest. So investing, you can start with simple things like fixed deposits. That means you put the money in a bank at a particular rate, and then you let it stay maybe for 90 days, one year. And the trick about that is don't just touch that money. When it matures with the interest, roll it over with the interest so that the interest keeps generating, you know, the money keeps growing. And then the other thing you can also do, which is relatively safe, even though the returns are not so high, is government bonds, treasury bills, and stuff like that. There are low returns, but at least you are sure that you get your money back. And then you can now go into the stock market. For the stock market, it's a long-term game. So you don't want to invest money that you will need anytime soon. It's a long-term game. So if you invest in stocks, of course, you have to monitor the market. Preferably get an investment advisor for that so that you know which shares to buy, which shares not to buy, because not all shares are the same. So you want to do that. And then you can go on and on, you know, depending, you, you can do mutual funds, for example. Mutual funds give you an opportunity to invest with other people in a portfolio of products. So in there, you could have um, equity, you could have 
fixed deposit. You could have various investment that the fund manager would put up. So yours is to just put, and those ones start at a very low entry, entry amount. So you don't have to worry that, oh, I don't have so much money. Whatever you have, I'm sure will be able to fit in. And then you can build it up as time goes on. But for that also, you have to know, okay, who are the fund managers, which companies beside, behind this, so that you don't um, lose your funds at the end of the day. So things like that. And then based on what you want to do, you can also do high risk um, investments, which is things like the cryptocurrency. But for that, I would say, invest a little. Don't put all your money in it just because you hear that uh, that's where you can quickly, if you want to double your money overnight, you can also lose it overnight. So you just want to put in a little money and test, test the waters and monitor it over time. So, you know, by the time you have a diversified portfolio of investments, your money will work for you because not even if some fail, not everything will fail at the same time. Some of us are weary about, we don't even want it to fail. <laughs> you know, but it's, it's a risk. I mean, safe. yeah, of course, nobody, I mean, before you invest, you would read whatever material is available on the product. You will check with maybe their reviews or whatever. So you are sure that it's nothing is 100% safe. You know, even if you invest in treasury bills, it is backed by the power of the government. If the government fails, if the nation fails, then, you know, there is nothing to fall back on. But we are hoping such things won't happen. So there are extreme, there are, there are extreme cases. So you, you, most of the investments that are commonplace are safe, relatively safe. It's only a few things that, you know, like equity, for example, you have no control over where the market goes. So it's very good that you invest in strong companies who have proven over time that, you know, they are strong, they're solid in their line of business, and they've been able to generate benefits for their shareholders. So it's just a little bit of investigation, due diligence, talk to investors, talk to the companies, the stockbrokers, for example, let them advise you. They are professionals. They know how the market is. They know the good companies and they will tell you where to invest. And they will also tell you if you want, because they know the ones that are a bit riskier than others. So they would also advise you if you have a little money, maybe to take a little risk, you can invest in these companies as well. So it's just, I mean, no risk, no return. <laughs> so you you can take minimal risk, medium risk, high risk. Minimal risk. Okay, maybe I'll start off first. I'll look for one. Yeah, you can and start right? Oh yes, and then as time goes on, you study from your experience. You learn that okay, I like this. I don't like this. You know, but keeping your money in cash is not beneficial because it's subject to inflation. Oh, definitely, your money will be in the bank, but. <laughs> It's like, let me just be there. Let, let me be there. Oh, you, you, you can make it work for you. But that's even assuming you have the money in the first place. You know, you have to have saved and accumulated that money before you can invest. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. So there's something that sometimes comes to my mind, especially for us as Christians. And sometimes it's that, you know, okay, so how do I... And this is you having worked in the banking sector for the last 23 years plus, and you know, just overall growing your expertise through time. So for instance, we know that in terms of managing our money, whatever it is comes to you, first remove your type. 
you titled your effect antecedent and that goes to God. And then I know that there are sometimes some recommendations on how to then split the rest of your money. Mm. Um, some, you know, people tell you, oh, this certain percentage you save for this, a certain percentage. Is there a formula that you would recommend um, as a great way to help you, especially for people who may not be great in terms of money management and are still trying to figure out how to manage this entire money that I have received every month? What would be that formula in quotes that you would recommend? Well, the formula is not cast in stone, but the general formula that most people use or that is very popular is that, okay, you take the 10% for your tithe, then you take another 10% for yourself, that is paying yourself. You won't spend that money going into savings, but at least it's out. It's not going to be spent, it's set aside for you. Then maybe another 10% as savings, which makes 20% in savings. So the remaining 70%, you can now do well, they say 50% goes to your daily needs, groceries, transportation, utilities, maybe you pay rents and all those things. And then the last 20% you can either use for wants or use to make yourself happy, whatever you feel would encourage you to keep working, you know, you can use that. Or if your bills are so high that 50% will not cover them, you have that extra 20% to cover. Or if you are single and you are still living at home, just put the money in savings. Because I mean, you are, you're not paying rent, you're not buying food. It's just maybe transportation to work and back. So, and maybe a few entertainment things. So you, you would have some extra money to put aside to save. People think that you should save more, like take more. Um, if you can, like some somebody, said once, somebody said once that, okay, my salary at this point in time is high. My 50% is too much for spending on my daily needs. So maybe it's only 40% I need or 30%. The rest goes into savings. Any money that you cannot fixed to anything, then you set it aside. It's not, I mean, you don't want to spend frivolously. So if there is no need to spend that money, you keep it aside because there will be days like rainy days, emergencies and things like that, that you will need money for. So anything that you are not spending and you feel that you are comfortable enough to set aside, please set it aside because it's like, uh, these are your seven years of fatness. So any extra money that you have, keep it because the seven years of leanness might come and then you won't have enough to, to take care of them. In terms of managing finances, there are lots of apps these days, you know, different um, tools that you can use, personal apps that you can use to just help yourself. Or even if you are running a business, for instance, there are different apps that you can use. From your experiences, what would you suggest as some simple apps that we can possibly download? Okay, well, for me, I just used to use Excel. I would, you know, I have a template on Excel. Just, it's a simple template. Put in all your income, all your expenses. Excel sheets, just create mm -hmm. columns. How you itemize the expense lines. Maybe, what do we pay on internet? laundry, 
transportation, phone line, phone bill, you know, you list each item and then you put the amount, your budget for each item, you add it up. And then this is the income. Out of this income, you net off the expenses, then what is left? Uh, savings, tithes, whatever, you know, you put it in and that, that is it. And then on a daily basis, um, on a monthly basis, you just check it that you are keeping in line and, you know, extraordinary expenses will come. So you put those in, you know, things you are not expecting. And it's, it's very simple, but I know some banking apps also have facilities where you can, as you are transferring money, you can indicate what the purpose is. So at the end of the month, they would help you, you know, draw up a graph of your spending. So you can actually see, oh, I spent this much on this item and so on. So that makes it easy because that's where, you know, direct from the source of the money, you are seeing where the money is going. So they can do that. But you could also carry a notebook and just write everything down. What I advise really, if you want to start budgeting is that for your first month of budgeting, carry a notebook around and write down everything that you spend money on. Even the little things, you know, write them down so that at the end of that month, you see where your money has gone. So it gives you an idea of, how you spend money gives you an understanding of what you are spending on. And then you can now decide, okay, I can't continue spending in Nigeria here. Maybe you say you can't continue spending 50K on internet. You know, maybe I cut it down. Instead of having two services, I have only one, you know, because most of the time, and why most people have two services is because one fails and then you need something urgent. You have to fall back on the other one. Same thing. You study yourself, but we spend money out of psychology of money. Some of us spend because we are, we want to have some emotional hurt and then you are just spending emotionally to solve that pain. You know, there are many things, like I talked about in the book, there is something called money personality. You know, there are some who are spenders. They just want to spend some are savers, they never spend, they just want to hold the money. You know, some are shoppers, they can't help themselves, they just shop, shop, shop. You know, so you have to understand the type of person you are. And then that would help you determine what's where your area of challenge is and how you can now address it. You tell yourself, um, I want to change, what do I need to do? You like do a self-assessment and it helps you so that you can keep your decisions, the money decisions that you make. Once you understand yourself, it's easier to, to keep to those because you know where your problem lies and then you can address it. Just good. I think it's just important at every point in time so that we sit down and assess ourselves and just yes. how exactly am I managing my money? How exactly, exactly. am I, um, how am I doing financially? And just like yeah. you rightly said, just talking with your bank would make a lot of difference. You know, yeah, I for helps. a long time, for a long time, I didn't realize I had I had a I had an account officer. Yes. Because I felt like, how much do I even have? Like small me, it's my small money. <laughs> and then I checked yeah. my banking app one day and I saw that I had an account officer. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, I can talk to somebody. Yeah. yeah. You know? And the account officer will tell you whatever products they have you know, for invest, for investing your money. 
you know right right i found that i'm able to even reach out i found that they're just a call away and then you talk to them they kind of just guide you so no matter how small your money is even if it's just a few nairas or a few dollars you have or you know you have like millions of naira or millions of dollars you have there's there's always a designated person on your accounts that is there to provide you with support and just answer your questions and support you know, and it will come in whatever form you have questions. The, your bank is typically equipped to be able to provide you with the information that you need to better manage your finances. It was such a pleasure speaking with you, ma'am. And once again, this is my Lighthouse podcast. We are a personal development podcast where we share all things self-improvement, um, talking about finance, parenting, marriage, and just a whole lot of a wide range of things, but basically equipping us as Christians to become more balanced, not just fantastic in the things of God and then struggling in other areas, or we're doing great in other areas and we're struggling in the things of God. That's not what God desires of us. The Bible says that I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So God wants us to prosper all across, not just in one way. And that's why we're having this episode today talking about finance. Um, if you look out for my Lighthouse podcast on basically anywhere you listen to podcasts, so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you typically would listen to podcasts, we're also on YouTube as well. And you can listen to previous episodes as well as this episode. New episodes come up every Saturday. So you can actually go back and listen to this episode tomorrow on the podcast platforms and you would find it right there. We're having a giveaway at this moment, but that giveaway is simple, pretty simple. Just find us, find us on Facebook at My Lighthouse Podcast, like the page, like us on Instagram as well. Paul, join the group, like a, a listening group where we kind of just take conversations from the podcast into those groups and talk about it, ask questions, discuss further. Just find my lighthouse, Raising Balance Christians, on Facebook, join the group. And then like Affirming Truths, which is who is the sponsor of this giveaway. And once you do that, just tell us you're done. Send a direct message on Instagram and say done. And then we now be announced later this month. And this is valid basically in Canada and in the US. So if you're in Canada or you're in the US, here is a free giveaway to get a set of affirmation cards that help you just affirm who you are in Christ, continually remind yourself of who you are truly based on what the word of God says concerning you. If you'd love to connect further, I would absolutely love to connect with you. Head over to the show notes and just book a call with me via the link there and I'll connect with you personally. You can also share feedback with us via the link to a form in the show notes as well. We'd love to hear from you so that we can continue to do better and meet your needs. On to the next episode, please stay in God, keep growing and keep pushing yourself to be a better version of you.